Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Welcome back to Speed Street, everyone. Connor Daly here. Uh, my good friend and co-host Joey Molinaro is um, currently on dad duty. He's got uh, he's got a baby to take care of, and you know what? The poor guy. He's, he texts us today, and he hasn't slept in weeks, it sounds like. And I, you know what? Apparently, that's what being a dad's all about. So uh, we we are sad to see Joey not with us this weekend, but or this week. But, uh, but yeah, he's got to do important things. Uh, it was very more important than me being hungover in Vegas and not making the show. So I, I hear his excuse is much better than mine. Um, but we have a very, very exciting show today, honestly, I'm I'm very pumped about it because we have an incredible guest, uh, Chase Briscoe, uh, currently you know in in the Cup Series playoffs. Uh, very good friend of mine, um, known him for for several years. He has been my uh, midget racing teammate as well. Uh, he has really just been a cool dude and uh, fellow Indiana man. Um, but uh, the reason we talked to him is really because of the announcement that was made that I'm going to be a NASCAR Cup Series driver. So we're very, very excited about that. Lightly give yourselves rounds of applause because uh, you guys are probably hearing it here first on Speed Street. It's very, very important that we uh, we make this announcement. Uh, with the whole Dirty Mo Media crew, um, Ben, what's your first initial reaction when you when you heard I was going to be a, a NASCAR Cup Series driver? I, I was stoked, man. I mean, <laughs> it's... You don't often see open wheel guys coming over and and mess around with these big old heavy stock cars. A lot of horsepower here in North Carolina, but uh, you're gonna be the first one in a while. So I'm stoked for you, man. Um, how did it come together? Let's just let's just get right into it. Like like 
I know you've been talking about you've ran some truck races in the past and everything, but the cup series, man, this is huge. Like what, what's, uh, what's been the process for that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting because there's a lot of talk about stuff in racing. I think one, one interesting thing that people don't really might not see or hear about, but there's always chatter in these paddocks about someone maybe doing something or someone potentially we've all been close to doing a deal somewhere. And, you know, we, I've talked about doing, you know, certain other Xfinity races or certain other, you know, maybe a cup race here or there, like, man, it would be really cool to do the double at Indy, like the road course and, and the IndyCar race and the cup series. But, you know, it's never really gotten down the road, but, but honestly, it's, it's all thanks to our sponsor, a bit Nile. I mean, it's, Todd and and his group, um, as soon as we announced our deal in IndyCar, right? As as soon as BitNile became a prominent sponsor in the motor racing industry, they got hit up by everyone. Because in racing, um, well, it's not to say that there's no ethics, but it's like as soon as someone spends money in motorsport, other people want that money. And so we they, they started hearing from a lot of teams in NASCAR, uh, even in IndyCar as well, uh, kind of all over the place. So again, understandable, but I'm going to fight for my sponsor with a sword, shield, weapons, whatever is necessary. Um, and so obviously, you know, there, there's interesting business propositions that are proposed. And, uh, and to be fair, the Cup Series is doing great. And I think there's a lot of great things, uh, you know, to, to be involved there. So I actually only found the funniest part about this story is that I actually only got asked the question if I wanted to go cup series racing Laguna Seca the night before the race, uh, just a couple weeks ago, Todd looks at me. He's like, Hey, I got a surprise for you. I said, all right. He said, uh, you're going NASCAR cup racing. I said, excuse me. I I said, what? He's like, yeah, we're going to run the Roval in a couple weeks. I said, all right. But like, um, do I like really, or like, we're like, we're trying to, and sure enough, you know, we were me and my manager and like my manager, Andrew, was on it and this deal was put together. And and obviously, you know, the, the interesting and, and honest thing about motor racing at, at this level, too, is that if if there's a sponsor behind it, you can do anything you want, essentially. And and I and I appreciate that because I have not had that luxury in the past in my career. I've been very, very. I've struggled with a lot of different things. And this this sponsor, this partner, I prefer calling them more a partner because they do feel like my family now, Todd and, and his family are feel like they feel like my family. Um, but we had this great opportunity to go NASCAR Cup racing, to 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 dip our toes in the water, per se. And the 50 car, which we'll be driving, you know, was available. And, and it's a it's a great group of people over there as well. Floyd Mayweather's group of people as well, which is a very cool alignment. Um, I don't know Floyd yet, but I hope to hang out with Floyd. I feel like we'll be friends. Um, and it, it, it's just, it's amazing how quick things can happen. You know, NASCAR, uh, was, was very, you know, kind enough to, you know, to approve me, you know, racing in the cup series and, um, you know, road courses are obviously what I have, you know, most experience on. I think if it was, you know, if we wanted to make a debut at an oval, it might've been more of a difficult process. Um, but yeah, very, very excited to, to bring, you know, our sponsorship, our partnership to NASCAR, to the NASCAR world. Um, I respect the series so much and I, and I do, I am such a huge fan of NASCAR. I have all the die casts when I was, when I was a kid, I I've been, when I commentated on SRX, I thought it was the coolest thing ever that I was talking about. Michael Waltrip, Bobby Labonte, Tony Stewart, 
Um, I find it so cool that we're under the Dirty Mo Media banner with Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know what I mean? So there's a lot to this that is very, very special. Uh, not a lot of you know drivers can can say that they've raced in you know the IndyCar series and the Cup series. Um, and so yeah, it, it it was a it was a long you know it was a long few weeks. But to be fair, that's not a long time to get things going. Uh, and we've been flat out working to get it ready, working to get prepared. I've been calling people. I've been trying to set up interviews like the one we have coming up with Chase Briscoe to get some advice. Um, and I plan on continually just seeking advice from people, you know, whatever it is. And, and yeah, well, I mean, we're going to go cup racing. It's, it's kind of a, kind of exciting deal. You'll be there, Ben, to see the seat fit. We're going to go get seat fitted here very, very soon. Um, and I mean, Ben, do you have any advice for me? What's your advice? I mean, I mean, what's, what do we got? I mean, my uh, my racing experience stops at go karting, so I don't know how much uh, how much knowledge I can really give to you. Um, I think just enjoy it, just have fun, like just yes. go in there. Don't don't put too much too much expectations on you. Just enjoy it. I mean, it's going to be a, a fun two weeks for you. I think I'm very thankful that uh, you guys are letting me be a small part of it. Um, just to go and capture your whole experience. Um, speaking of Dale, um, what was his reaction when you told him? If you have told him yet, I'm assuming you have. <laughs> yeah. So I text Dale because we were trying to work on the announcement, like through, you know, through Dirty Mo, because obviously they've supported us so much here at Speed Street. And, and it's very, very cool. I sent Dale, I actually, well, I tried to call Dale. <laughs> he did not answer my phone call, uh, which I'm not, <laughs> I understand. But I, I sent him then a long text. I was like, hey, man, just curious you know, wanted to get your opinion on, on, on how we could potentially announce this deal of me making my debut in the cup series. And, uh, his, his only, his only word response was badass. That was it. So he, he just, he said that. And he said, definitely want to announce through dirty Mo or, or, uh, or the Dale jr. Download. Um, and then when I called Mike, obviously Mike Davis, uh, Mike nearly, I thought he was gonna, uh, I thought he was gonna pee his pants. Like I think he was very, very excited. Um, he's like, I can't believe this. Uh, and you know, Tony, you're a junior, you know, being, being my crew mm -hmm. chief, obviously Absolutely. that's really, really cool. It's a great connection there. Um, and honestly at, at the time that we are recording this, I, I don't know the public opinion yet of what it's going to be when it's announced because we haven't really announced it yet. Uh, but we're, I think we have a general this. idea. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm just, I think it'll be hilarious. Like, I, I think it'll be cool. I mean, I, again, it, it's something that we're going to be honest with it. It's not like I was handed this opportunity. You know, we, we have a partnership with BitNile. They are kind enough to provide this opportunity for us to make their business stronger and to potentially give me a great opportunity that I would have never had otherwise. So, you know, it's, it's something that I, I truly want to embrace. Um, I, I want to, uh, I mean, I will never forget it. Like we're getting diecast cars. We're getting merch. There's going to be t-shirts. Um, and I can add it to my little collection. I've got the Xfinity car that I raced, uh, for Roush is, is I have a diecast of, there's only one, I think. And then I have both of the trucks that I raced as diecast as well. And I, I love diecast cause I used to collect them as a kid. So it's going to be a really, really cool thing to just take in. And again, it's the top level. I mean, that's, that's the NASCAR cup series. Um, getting, getting to go up against a lot of incredibly talented drivers. And I just, I want to make sure that they know that, Hey, I'm not expecting to go out there and, you know, clean the floor with anyone. I I, I just want to learn. I want to learn. I want to do all the laps. Um, I, I I'm going to go in with the proper respect that the series deserves. 
Um, and, and realistically, thankfully I have a really good friend in AJ Elmendinger, who we obviously interviewed recently, who I spent 30 minutes on the phone with the other night after we interviewed him, um, you know, just talking about the details of the car. And you'll hear an incredible conversation with Chase Briscoe as well on just the details. Cause again, a lot of the stuff that I need to know is very simple for them because again, it's a completely different race car. Now, I've driven sequential, you know, sequential gearbox sports cars before that are heavy, but this is very different. So there's going to be a lot of things that that I need to, you know, get to grips with. But it's 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 cool to be able to have, you know, a, a good group of friends, a good group of resources that, again, when we get on the racetrack, I'm sure they'll just pump me out of the way. But at least we know before that we were friends and after we're probably still going to have a beer together. It's it'll be it'll be with uh, a lot of care. So I think you'll be exactly. Okay. My question is, have you talked to Marco Andretti? Because I feel like you run in the Cup Series, you run the Xfinity Series. Are you trying to one up them, or is just you know what what's going on? No, <laughs> no. The funny part was is I was on that bachelor party a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and I had known about the NASCAR deal. Like it it was getting down the road of being done, and like Alex Rossi and some of our other friends are like going to go there for for Marco's race at the Roval. And, um, and I was like, Hey, are you guys going to stay Sunday by chance? Like for the cup race? And like, they were all like, no. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then now a couple of my friends from Indianapolis are, are hoping to catch a ride, like on Alex's plane, um, to get to Charlotte for the race. But now like I had to tell Alex eventually, uh, and Marco, um, because, you know, we want to try to make this a really cool weekend because again, I'm, I'm very excited for Marco. I think Marco is going to do really good. I, I think he's going to be very competitive in his Xfinity debut. I think he's, he knows, he knows what he's doing. And I think it's going to be really cool to watch. So hopefully we can have a great weekend. It's, it's going to actually feel great because there will be a familiar face there. You know what I mean? And I think Sage Karam's racing as well in the Xfinity series. Yeah. And so again, two guys, really good friends of mine. And it's very cool that we all kind of get to be there together. And um, it's, you know, it, the, Marco's first text to me was like, yeah, I can't wait to clean off the track for you. And I was like, that's hilarious. So I was like, <laughs> I, I, this is funny how this worked out. But uh, there's going to be a large IndyCar presence at the Charlotte Roval. And I hope everyone tunes in to watch. I think it'll be a great weekend. Absolutely. And maybe even Santino show up too. I hope not. Have you, have you, talked, <laughs> have you talked to him? Maybe get some advice, you know? Zero. Zero <laughs> talks. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I'm super excited. So uh, we got uh, Talladega this upcoming weekend for NASCAR. It's the Roval next week. Um, they're going to see what happens there. We, we talked to Chase, uh, what to expect with Talladega. Um, very, very interesting about uh, this whole, this whole, I think the whole round of this playoffs for NASCAR is just unreal with how the Texas race went. You have Talladega and the Roval for the cutoff. I think it's going to be insane. Are you worried about interfering with any uh playoff drivers uh with that being a cutoff race i don't think i'll be near any of the playoff drivers honestly i think <laughs> if i can finish 21st i'd be thrilled or top 20 it's funny because like finishing in the top 20 for my first truck race i was like thrilled and i would love to do the same thing now again going to be very difficult i i would like to finish in the top 25 maybe you know what i mean so well, i'm 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 very curious to see the level of attrition in that race very very curious to see you know, again, what the strategy looks like. Um, but I've watched so many NASCAR cup races that I'm kind of, again, I feel like I know everyone, you know what I mean? But it's very, very different when you're on the track 
And again, don't think I'll ever interfere with any of the playoff guys. And again, even if they are somehow needing to get by me, I don't plan on fighting those guys. Like, hey, you know what? I get it. Here you go. It is what it is. Um, but I do want to be competitive. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's a lot that I have to learn. You know, pit stops are going to be a different experience for me. Not having a pit speed limiter again, that's tough. Um, there's there's small things here and there. But again, it's going to be fun. You know, I'm bringing my girlfriend, bringing my, my family is going to be there. Um, you know, friends of mine are going to come because again, NASCAR, I will give them a lot of credit. The, the races are big deals. No matter where it is, it's a great big deal. It's, a, it's an exciting event. There's a lot of hype around every race. Um, and I'm hyped. I'm excited about it. So it's, it's you know, again, we get into a lot of stuff with Chase Bristow. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be still a lot more that we're going to do probably next week. Um, you know, around, uh, the, the, the pre pre-race type ceremonies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to get back to IndyCar, a little bit of news, but also has to do with NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson, our, 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 uh, our, our, our great patriot of marketing for our series, yep. uh, has chosen to retire, which I, I find very, you know, the funny, funniest part about, I'll tell a little story about Jimmy. Obviously, Saturday night is when my sponsor, before Laguna Seca, told everyone that I was going NASCAR Cup racing. So I, I didn't really say anything to anyone yet because I didn't know anything. I walk up to Jimmy before driver intros at Laguna. I said, so my sponsor last night told everyone that I was going NASCAR Cup racing at the Roval. Um, what a do, you have, do you have any advice for me? He's like, oh, you're going to get pushed around a lot. I said, yep. I, <laughs> that's Everyone keeps telling me I'm basically going to get punched in the mouth when I go there. So Hopefully there's a little bit more of a friendly experience out outside of the car. But again, understandably that in the car, I will get maneuvered around a little bit, which is, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be a maneuverist as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Jimmy thought it was super cool. And I was like, Hey man, would love to call you sometime. He's like, yeah, I mean, I obviously don't know much about the current car, mm -hmm. but, um, but he's got a lot of experience with a lot of the guys out there. So crazy to see him retire. Honestly, I thought he was going to be back. Um, I did too not entirely sure what you know what else he wants to do but i see I, he doesn't have to be full-time in indycar right and like if he wants to do the 500 guess what i'm sure he'll be able to do it with ganassi if he wants to do all the ovals guess what i'm sure he'll be able to do it with ganassi so you know maybe it's just time that hey the family he, he's a family man like spend more time with the family his kids are growing up you know what i mean maybe that's what he wants to do Maybe he wants to do the double. There was a lot of all of a sudden chatter about Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch doing the double, yeah, yep. which would be hilarious, honestly, oh, and it. awesome. But again, it's like AJ Allmendinger said in our interview not too long ago, working together. Like if there's more and more co-promoting, co co-racing of whatever it is, like again, the whole Kyle Busch thing, potentially doing the Indy 500, awesome. I, I don't I don't know Kyle very well, Um He's got an interesting reputation, very talented driver. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's great. Great for the series, great for both series. Uh, and again, if him and Jimmy are doing that, you know, they'll both be flying their own private jets back to Charlotte for the race. I mean, I think that'd be awesome. So surprising to see Jimmy retire, but also not really because he did text me like a week ago because I asked him to be on this podcast. And he's like, you know, text me about a million things that he was doing. And he said, don't retire. And I said, 
All right. Yeah, I I won't. I don't plan on it yet. So <laughs> it was interesting that maybe he was giving me a hint that uh, he was retiring from full-time IndyCar racing. Yeah, that, that's possible. Yeah, no, uh, he he left the door open. He, he's it's he full-time racing. That's exactly what he said when he retired from NASCAR. So I uh, don't doubt that we'll be seeing him doing a lot of things. He, I think he expects interest in doing the garage some it's the whatever oh, Le Mans, the Hendrick, yeah yeah yes. the Le Mans. so he's expressing garage 86 or garage 86, 66 80 or something like that yeah. yeah yeah doing that yeah he could come back to nascar i'm sure project 91 would have loved to have him if hendrick wouldn't run a fifth car so and you know what he's probably going to go out to colorado do a little skiing so he's he's just going to take whatever opportunity comes towards him i mean we saw jimmy out of goodwood having a great time i got yep. uh reports from callum eilat who was also there um that Jimmy was having a great time out there. They saw each other. Uh, and and I respect Jimmy for living life at the highest level. At some point, we are probably going to have Jimmy on this podcast. I don't know when. Might it be years from now? Potentially. But he has expressed interest in it. So we appreciate that. He knows Absolutely. that Speed Street does exist. It might be far from his neighborhood where he lives. Because, again, Jimmy's rich. But we will see. He might make it here at some point. Um, but again, I, I see Jimmy's schedule next year. I'm going to predict it right now. We got Le Mans. We got the Indy 500, the Charlotte race, and probably all the IndyCar ovals. That's that's what I'm thinking he's going to do. Maybe dabble in some Rolex 24s, some Sebring 12 hours, you know, things that are fun like that. So I, I, I could see that for Jimmy, and uh, I'm excited for him. I mean, he's lived a great life. He's successful in everything. Um, and, you know, again, I think he's going to have another great shot at the Indy 500 next year if he comes back to Ganassi. So, very interesting, uh, you know, situation there. Because, again, does it open up the 48 car in the IndyCar series for someone else on the road courses? Who knows? I, 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 I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Silly season continues on. Have you heard anything else about IndyCar silly season? Or is that, I mean, with Jimmy retired, that's really about it. Yeah, not really. I mean, that that was the biggest news that I heard recently. Someone actually asked me that question the other day. Um, but yeah, I think it's all all's kind of calm. We got the schedule announcement, which is coming out literally like actually in one That's minute. Right about now. This. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> like it's about to come out. The schedule is releasing. Um, we can even talk about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, you know, a lot of the exciting things going on for IndyCar, which is great. Um, and I think as a whole, we just we got to stay relevant somehow, uh, and so we will. Hopefully, what I you know what I do in the Cup Series, I, I would love that to shine on IndyCar a little bit. You know what I mean? There's going to be some chatter about IndyCar. Maybe maybe we help get some slightly more attention uh, to IndyCar. So, I actually have the schedule in my email, the IndyCar schedule, Whoa, because okay. they send it out to us before it goes live. So, considering uh -huh. it will be live by the time we <laughs> uh, we do this show, uh, I will read it out to everyone. Interesting because we started this season in February and now we're starting in March. Uh, oh, that is actually, I am reading this and I'm a little bit surprised. <laughs> uh, I like it though. So March 5th, we're in St. Petersburg. And I, if people remember um, this year, we had basically a race in February, a race in March and a race in April. Tough, big separation. So now, which I like, we have three races in April which I think is is good. So April 2nd, we're at Texas. Uh, April 16th, we're in Long Beach. April 30th, we're at Barber Motorsports Park. So I think that's good. I think we keep some races. We're not too far separated. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously the month of May. Uh, June, 
two races, which I think this year we had a lot more. Uh, we have the streets of Detroit. We have uh, Road America. July, we have, again, a lot of races. And also Detroit, not a doubleheader anymore. Um, Mid-Ohio, streets of Toronto, July 16. Uh, we got the two Iowa races. Uh, hopefully they're at night. Who knows? Uh, and then August, we have three races. And then September, we have two races. So again, no races have been added to the schedule, which is, in, in my own personal opinion, it's sad. I, I, I We need more races. I mean, the schedule to me right now looks tiny. Um, but we will do the best, you know, that we will do the best that we can with it. Um, and the interesting thing about our... I don't I don't see anything about the test. There was a rumor about the test being at um like the preseason test being out in California. Yep. Uh, at thermal, but I don't I don't see anything about that. So I'm sure that'll be announced at a later date. So, you know. Exciting. Um a lot of races on the the Big Bird on NBC. Um so yeah, we 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 can get into that more on um you know on, on next week's show when we get Joey back because I'm sure Joey's gonna have some things to talk about there. Still one race on Peacock, uh, Streets of Toronto. Three races on USA, but the rest of them are on uh, NBC, the Big Bird. So very, very happy about that. But uh, yeah, I think we we basically got basically almost everything in there. So I, I would love to get to Chase Briscoe. We, will, uh, we have a great chat with him. We are NASCAR Cup drivers now. So here is a great friend of mine, uh, Chase Briscoe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we have an incredible guest here uh, on a series that's probably really only going to be one episode, but um, a very, very talented uh, NASCAR Cup Series pilot, a uh, great man of Indiana, um, a very talented, my midget racing coach, um, extreme, extreme uh, winner in everything, essentially. Uh, Chase Briscoe, we appreciate you being here. Um, first of all, tell us how you're feeling post-Texas. Great race for you, uh, I would say. Uh, I mean, that looked like a difficult race for everyone, and things were breaking and people were crashing. It was hot. Um, but how are we feeling? Yeah, it, uh, I mean, for us, we, we salvaged with what we had. You know, truthfully, I don't even think we had a 25th place car and we somehow finished fifth with it. So kind of keeping our hopes alive in the playoffs, uh, we definitely struggled. I feel like that's been our worst racetrack as a company uh, with the next-gen car for sure. So, yeah, I mean, if you would have told me, we were going to run fifth. I would have thought that that meant 30 guys were going to crash out, but uh, <laughs> I did it. Uh, we got some track position there at the end and was able to, to block pretty hard and kind of maintain our track, our track position and was able to uh, finish fifth with it. It's really interesting. Like that, cause we obviously race there as well in IndyCar and very different races for us, right? Like we're going probably 70 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour faster at some place. I don't know, maybe less, but, there's a very, very different style. We can only run, we can only run certain lines. You know, we can't use the track as much as you guys can. Do you like racing at Texas? Did you kind of agree with everyone on the fact that like, cause like me personally, I used to like Texas before it was reconfigured. I thought yep. it was a great race. I loved when IndyCar could run there two, three wide, six rows deep. 
Um, do you, I mean, I, I think it, I, I think for sure. You know what, Texas? Let's let's just redo it. I mean, are you kind of on that same boat? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to run the old Texas. Uh, I was the first race on the new one, and I would agree. Like from a, a fan standpoint, like when I was watching, the old Texas looked awesome. Or the new Texas, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> for being honest, yeah. like for for you guys, for us, you can't pass, you can't run too wide. Like it's just not a very well built racetrack. So yeah, I mean, hopefully they re- redo it. I mean, whatever they do, it's not going to get any worse. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I definitely would like to see them redo it. You know, I would, I would like for them to honestly destroy exactly what they have and just start from scratch. Like, don't try to make something out of what we have. Um, yeah, I definitely want to try something different. Um, I don't know what that different is, but yeah, it definitely needs to do something different. It's just, it's not a very well put together racetrack for really any series. I don't feel like, well, you know what it's, you're exactly right. And I, I do think there needs to be a redo and, I, I really respect your race from Texas because I think as drivers, we know sometimes where we probably don't have what we need to win. Right. But there are certain situations if there's a lot on the line, or let's say the team's giving you that chance to get track position. Right. And you hold on to it. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of races that I, I would say the the casual fan or maybe even some of the members of media might not recognize as much as like we as a driver would recognize, you know what I mean? And so like, with your playoff position and your your need to finish where you did, great race, and I and I and I and I respect that. So, I now want to move on to really the the real question of this segment because we have announced that I'm going to be a NASCAR Cup Series driver for one race. <laughs> I'm a big NASCAR guy now at the Roval, um, and so now we're basically just trying to learn. We've announced that I'm going to do this uh, driving the number fifty car. Uh, Floyd Mayweather's team, the uh, the TMT Racing Group, but I, you know, I've there's a there's a bit of a uh, com- there's a bit of, of a communication there with RCR, I guess. You know, there's Tony Uri Jr. is my crew chief, so there's a you know there's a lot going on here. But I need to learn a lot. There's only one practice session. Um, you are successful. You get twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. So in that twenty minutes, and you're honestly. Road course ace, I would say Chase Briscoe. Road course ace, big road course guy. About that, yeah. The last what, couple of years, not closer, I guess. What do I need to know right out the gate? Like, like I, I, I've talked to AJ Allmendinger a little bit already. Talked to him a little bit, but like, what, what is your like? If you're getting into the new Cup car, is it brakes? Is the gearbox, you know, decent to work with? Is it what? What's the top two, maybe three things that I need to look for? Yeah, I would say. First off, you were like getting thrown to the wolves. <laughs> it, uh, Great, like you. Uh, I, I, it's so funny because I just had this conversation with Joey Hand a couple of months ago about how you know he's been running these Cup Road Course races and like how you grew up and how Joey grew up. Like it's obviously a different background than than like what we're doing now, right? And where you typically race, like contact is no good. Like you do not <laughs> want to make contact. where. This cup race, literally lap one turn one, you're going to be, like, already banging off somebody's door and, like, guys are just going to be putting you three, four wide. So I think that's the biggest thing to, like, be ready for because it is a totally different just environment. I mean, you've ran a couple NASCAR races, so you've seen it a little bit. But the cup guys, it is, like, so cutthroat from lap one. I mean, I don't know how many laps the, the Roval is, but it'll be a qualifying lap every single lap. But from a car standpoint, um, 
I think for you, it's honestly better than, I mean, you're in the Xfinity car on a road course, the old style stuff. And that's kind of what the old cup car was like, where it was really hard to drive, didn't stop, didn't do anything good. Right. Well, this next gen car, I think will be more similar to stuff that you've ran where, I mean, the brakes are pretty good. It's still not going to be like an Indy car by any means, but it'll, it'll stop fairly decent. You know, the gearbox is good. Um, I think the biggest thing is just at the Roval. It's such a unique racetrack where, the infield portion is so inviting to drive hard and overdrive and try to make up time. And you just go so slow. And, and honestly, it's so easy to crash in the infield part. So for <laughs> me, like I just run 85, 90% in the infield. And then on the big track, it's very high speed, high commitment, you know, elbows up, like the more risk you take, the faster you go. So it's, it's kind of a, a neat racetrack where you have two total opposite parts. Um, but I would say, yeah, this the car is fairly straight. Like it's it's pretty easy to kind of figure out. I feel like you can't drive it at any slip whatsoever. If you try to run sideways, you're gonna spin out. Um, but yeah, it's honestly not. I feel like with your background now with the next gen car, it's gonna be easier than if you'd have came into the old car, just because it doesn't do anything good. Where this car actually does some things good on the road course. Yeah, it's really interesting because I've actually done more like GT style racing than I think people remember. Like I did a whole year in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo series and like I did a, you know, I've done the Indy 8 hour. I've done, you know, the Rolex 24 two or three times. And so like I definitely have driven heavier cars, but I think what is interesting is that, again, so little track time, right? Like you're going to run of that 20 minutes of practice, you know, we're going to try to do every lap, right? Then there's a qualifying session that, again, we're not trying to qualify on the pole, I assume. So we're just going to try to do as many laps as possible. Is that, is, is that qualifying session? Like to be fair, I don't even know much about how NASCAR qualifying on road courses works. So I, I mean, I assume I can just run all the minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't even know how long it is. I think it's anywhere from 10, 15. Minutes. But yeah, I, if I was you, I would just use it as two practice sessions because you can in qualifying, you can run as much as you want. I mean, if you could get 10 laps in, you can run 10 laps. So, yeah, for you, like you said, I mean, realistically, you're, you're not going to qualify on the pole. And nope. starting position, it's not really that important. Like, for you, getting laps is going to be way more important. So, yeah, I think for you, that is the one good thing is you're going to get 40 minutes, essentially, of practice time. And, you know, the other good thing is, is everybody's on the same playing field as you from a sense of, driving this car on this racetrack none of us have any more laps than you would have so well there was I think a test part, though, wasn't there there was a test uh yeah that was in like october of last oh, okay. year like the car's not same anymore so <laughs> I, I mean yeah idea but it's totally different so yeah i think the biggest thing for you is just going to be you're not going to get re any respect i'm just telling you right <laughs> oh now. no of course yeah. like, i don't but i don't deserve it and i and i don't expect I don't it like deserve it like every <laughs> And it's the same thing that, like Joey Hand fights, truthfully, where Joey, he could be running in the top five. And because of the car he's in, you know, the that car that you're driving doesn't even run full time. So people aren't used to seeing it at all. So they know if I wreck this thing or if I shove him out of the way, and even they know that you're not going to run another race this year, yeah. they're not going to have to deal with you. So who cares, <laughs> right? So that's the one thing that, is just going to be hard for you is like you could be having the race of your life. Like you could be in the top five and guys are just going to run through you because they know there's no repercussion for it. And that's the hard thing. I feel like in the cup deal, when you come in, 
like even as a rookie last year, I learned this. Like it's very hard knocks, and I don't know if IndyCar is like that, but the Cup deal is definitely like you have to earn your respect to get raced well. Until you like run a year, truthfully, guys just don't give you the time of day. And coming in and doing one race, that's the hard thing. I feel like is just guys <laughs> like like I said, you could be running the race. You're like you could be leading the race, and guys are just going to drive through you because they they're like, who the heck is this guy up here? And they don't. They know they're never going to race the I mean, the interesting thing about it is, is I would say we say the same thing. Let's say if like when Fernando Alonso came to do the Indy 500, right? When Jimmy Johnson comes to do the Indy 500, right? Guess who the top people that we don't want to win that race are? Those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anyone that comes in and, you know, what? Yeah, but you guys can't drive through them. you kill somebody. Well, that's all. Yeah, that, <laughs> Exactly. But realistically, like we are all thinking in our heads, like we we're gonna beat these guys. So yeah. it, there there is definitely some of that, and and I I go into it though I think with an attitude like again if I get asked by media like I watch every NASCAR race every weekend I watch every Xfinity race as much as I can right truck race like I I really respect the NASCAR world and I feel like I've always tried to say that so like again. I'm going into it knowing that it's very difficult. I'm, I'm going to go in there trying to learn, not mess up anyone's day, right? But, like, in the end, I am a competitor as well. Like, I do want to go there hey, and and be as good as I can be, right? Because, again, who knows what the future holds, right? Like, th this, this, we're doing this deal with BitNile, our sponsor in IndyCar, because they are, are interested in what's going on in the NASCAR world because I think NASCAR is doing a great job with everything right now. So, you know, is there more in the future? Who knows? I would like to think so. Um, what I would love to see it full time. Uh, well, I don't know, but let's not go that far yet. We got to still do a lot more in IndyCar, but is there, is there a chase Briscoe double coming up in the future? Is there a chase Briscoe in the Indy 500? Do you Man. watch IndyCar racing? Like give us a little bit of a feel for that. I mean, I definitely watched the month of May. I mean, being an Indiana guy, like the Indiana 500 is super special and important to me. I try to watch as many of the IndyCar races as I can. A lot of the time, obviously, we're kind of going against each other. But, yeah, yeah, I tell you the same answer I, I tell everybody in May when all the media ask. Yeah. I would love to <laughs> start and park the 500. <laughs> I have zero desire to race. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm not willing to risk what it's willing to take. But I've always said I want to I want to do the walk. I want to do driver intros. I want to do back home again in Indiana and do the national anthem. I want to do the parade lap. I want to take the green flag, lap one, pull that thing down to pit road and get out and watch. I have <laughs> race it, but I would love to start and park it. Just to say that I got to experience all the pre-race festivities and get to to do all those things. I think that would be so special. I mean, even if it's just the parade lap, like I just want to be a part of that. <laughs> I don't want to race. And I don't know. It might change one day, but I have zero desire right now. I'm just not brave enough. I know that I'm not willing to do what it takes to win the race. I don't feel like. And I know that it's probably the same for you. Like when you go like and ran my midget, right? Like when you are sitting in the grandstands, like you're sick to your stomach. You're like, there's no way I'm going to do that. But then when you're <laughs> out there, it's really not as bad as it looks. And I'm sure – the IndyCar deal, like the 500 is probably the same way. Like it doesn't feel like you're running 230, you know, like you could die at any point. I mean, I sort of. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know that you're like hauling the mail, but like you make moves, right? 
and like you make these passes and on TV, I'm like, holy smokes, like that was brave. Right. But in the car, it probably doesn't feel as sketchy as when you're watching it. So who knows? I might one day, but <laughs> as of right now, I have zero desire. But I just it, like watching very too much. Well, you know what? I, I, honestly, it is cool to hear you say that because again, I think there's a lot of that. We hear about that a lot, right? AJ Allmendinger said exactly the same thing, right? Like AJ Allmendinger came close to winning that race his first year doing it, right? With Penske, great setup. But again, he has that 1%, right? He said, if you're not going in there able to dedicate 100% to like winning that race, then it's probably not, you know, the right thing to do. And like, and I respect that because again, now to, to start in park, you'd still have to qualify and qualifying is oh, one of the hardest yeah. things to do. Yeah, that, maybe I'll get lucky and there'll only be 32 cars there that I, year or something, but yeah, I'll throw up I, in the T car ready to go. I do a hundred percent. I would not get hurt. Then yeah, I would a hundred percent do it, but I don't, I don't know. It'd just be hard <laughs> to risk. Like, I've hit the wall at 180, 200, and it hurts bad. I could yeah. imagine 230. Yeah, well, trust me, 230, not a great hit there at that speed either. Yeah, I, I, would, I would imagine. So. so here's one question I have about uh, my future um, cup racing endeavor. Um, why are all these cars catching on fire, and what do I need to do to avoid catching on fire? <laughs> oh, we, fixed, we fixed that, I think. Yeah, uh yeah, I don't know. It's weird. So we had it happen probably two months ago at Richmond. Didn't hit anybody. Didn't hit the wall. Nothing. Came down, did a pit stop, caught on fire. Uh, then Darlington, Harvick had the same thing happen. Yeah. And it was uh, the rubber was getting kind of stuck above the underbody and in between the exhaust and just catching the rubber on fire, which then catches the whole inside of the car on fire. So they've made some uh, improvements now. I think it's fixed. You'll be the first to know if it isn't. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're good to go. I will say definitely, I don't think these next gen cars are as hot as the old car, but I mean, you've ran a couple races to kind of see how hot they can be. I would definitely say, make sure you have a cool shirt. That is number one. That is a total game changer. I mean, it literally changes your life. So make sure you have one of those. I'm That's bringing mine. I'm bringing my little cool vest from the IndyCar. Yeah. So like, I yeah. hope it works. You definitely want that. The helmet hose is obviously a plus, but yeah, I would say the cool shirt's the biggest thing. And the Roval is a, oh yeah, you're good to go. I got it the right Roval, here. <laughs> the Roval for me is, I feel like one of the most physically like demanding races for oh, whatever perfect. reason, because I mean, it's normally fairly hot, but I get really motion sick at the Roval. That's like the only track because it's so tight and just you're constantly turning and it's a pretty long race. So, yeah, be prepared for that. Yeah, it's interesting. One one question I guess I had about road racing as well in these stock cars, is there a lot, like, with the tire wear, is there a lot of buildup offline when you guys are kind of running green for so long? And do they, like, do you find that? Because in IndyCar, like, we have a, like, obviously we don't have stages, so we go a long way under green. And if you get offline, it can be a complete disaster. But you see a lot more side-by-side -side racing in the Cup Series. So, is there a lot of rubber buildup offline? Like, is there a lot of, do the tires shed a lot of rubber during these races? Yeah, I would say the Roval is one of the, the least, I feel like, because it is so tight. Like, a lot of the time we're running too wide. Now the paint can kind of be slick there, um, and, like, rubber gets built off. But a lot of the time at the Roval was fairly clean. So I don't I don't think you're going to have any issues there. Um, yeah, I would say 
the ride quality, like these cars don't take curbs and stuff as well. So yes. you got to kind of watch. But the I would say the rubber buildup's honestly not bad at all. It's roval. It's pretty good. And tire wear, the old car, like you would you would fall off a lot on tires, but the new car, it doesn't seem like it does. The hard thing, the thing I really don't like about the next-gen car is road racing because I felt like with the old car, it broke, like the brakes were terrible. It didn't want to stop. It didn't do anything good, right? So if you were one of those, I felt like there was four to six of us that understood how to like break it properly. Like you could make up a ton of time in the brake zone where now literally the whole field can bury it off in there easily. So it makes it so hard to pass. So that's the one thing um, that that's uh, kind of a struggle for me on the road courses is you can't outbreak guys really anymore because the cars stop so easily and they downshift so easily and do all the things so good that there's no advantage to being like a good breaker now. What's well, in, is there, I find that very interesting because I, I, I experienced the same thing and this is like, it's not the exact same thing, but in the Lamborghini super Trofeo series, it's it, it, the car has ABS, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of amateur drivers in there as well. And people that aren't as experienced, but with that brake system, they could break as deep as you did because it was like, you know, the, all they had was an assist. So that's interesting that you say that it brings the brake zones closer together. When it comes to the bias adjustment in the car, is that very effective? Is it is it very helpful to use? Like, how much are you? I, I, AJ said that there maybe isn't as much wheel hopping as there used to be. Yeah, there's definitely. That's like kind of what I was saying before. It's like before, you know, the guys that would try to say. I felt like it was like Chase Elliott, Cindric, Almondinger, myself. There was a couple other guys that can like you know say they could get to the three hundred. Well if the mother guys would try to get to the 300, they would just wheel hop and wreck where now we all drive to the 200 and there's not even a, a chance of wheel hop. So yeah, I would say wheel hop is a lot less than this car. I've not had wheel hop in this car. Now I've shut the motor off because the rear tires lock up, but it oh. never, <laughs> yeah, the, the brakes are really, really good. So I'm sure there are nothing like an Indy car still, but, um, yeah, I would say that you won't have to worry about that. One thing, make sure you have a 14-inch wheel. That's a game changer, too. Okay, 14-inch wheel. We're going to get it. I literally go tomorrow to do the seat fit. So, like, I will be flying there tomorrow, ready to get things going. Um, is there anything when it comes to the seat fit that's important? Like, do you get into the car on the road course and all of a sudden you think the gear lever's too far away? Or does it? Is there anything that in, in particular there is? Obviously, the 14-inch wheel, that's very helpful. But is there anything else in particular when it comes to the fit inside the car that helps? Um, I would say, I mean, definitely since you're running the road, well, you're going to want your shoulders and stuff as tight. I don't run any rib supports, but some guys do. Um, and then the headrests, like make sure your headrest. I get mine where I literally can't move my head. Just <laughs> because I think it makes it easier. You're not getting slung around and everything else. So that's important. But yeah, the 14 inch wheel is a must. Um, Make sure you run the virtual mirror if they give you the option. Yes. And where I would put it is I put it right on like the B post, right by where like your little side small mirror would be. That way you just look at the same spot. And then when you're going through the corner, you literally just glance over and your mirror's right there. Like some guys run it up here. And then if you're going through the corner, you got to look up at it and you take like you can't see the racetrack. So I put it right here to the left and then I can still see the racetrack in my peripherals. So there is there, there's a rear view camera, correct? Is that, is yeah. that, 
that's the virtual mirror thing I'm talking about. Okay, but there's only one of those. Like you have to like instead of putting it in the center or up top, you can put it. In, you can put it in the little like side mirror area. No, like the the camera is on the back. But I'm just saying where you put the display. Put the oh. display right, like right on the dash, all the way to the left. That's okay. the best spot. All right. I mean, I like that. Mirror is or up above you. You can't keep. Uh, you can't see the racetrack while you're looking at it. So if you put it down there, you can like literally look and still see the racetrack. And when you're like, say, uh, like the roval, you run up on the oval part, right? So like you're in the banking, you're gonna be turning left, and like you literally just like barely glance over, and it's right there. That's I like that. Huge. Yeah. I, I like that. I will. Uh, this. I, I'm literally gonna make a list of all these things now. Uh, one more. I, I, I before I let you go, I, I will say. Um, you know, one more thing. Uh, banking, easy, flat. Are we just going out there, oh, lap one, and flat easy, through the banking? <laughs> easily flat. Okay, like, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, you mentioned that. So a couple months ago, I did that F one video with Schumacher and Magnuson, and they drove the stock car. Yes. And like terrified of the banking, and I'm like, really? That is literally the easiest thing you will do. It's the easy wide open, like no problem. The only spot it won't maybe be wide open. It should be fairly easily wide open still, but in three and four, the oval, there's a couple bumps. And like, if you're really hard on the like, ret on the like, uh, limiter of the shock, you're bounced a little bit there. And you just might want to roll up to like 80% just to like make it a little easier into that final chicane. But everywhere else, I mean, it is easy wide open. That's awesome. Well, give us a quick, um, look at the rest of the season for you. I mean, we're we're going into obviously this show is before Talladega and before the the Roval Talladega obviously I mean it's hard to ask people what they expect want, there because on another Cup race you can come around Talladega for me. You know what I'm good I'll let you guys do that. It seems like when you hit the wall it hurts a lot more now so I'm gonna let you guys go to Talladega like for IndyCar guys watching is that how it is you think for NASCAR guys watching the 500 the Indy 500. So I don't think so because I really do want to do that. Like I, I want to do the Daytona 500. I want to race at Talladega. But what I find the most interesting part is just how like all the air works. I love the science behind it because for us, it's, it's, we don't, we obviously can't race, you know, three rows deep side by side, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So I find it fascinating how you guys actually do make each other's cars move or figure out the right lane. So again, it is crazy to watch because we're like, well, they're all just going to crash at one point and you just got to yeah. hope that you get through that. <laughs> so yeah. is that the uh, frustration? Yeah. So is that, that's, that's obviously got to be tough, but let's say you roll the dice correct and it goes well, right? Is it one of those things that you hate where it's at on the schedule or it's just kind of part of the game and you know, we're looking at the next few races with a very positive attitude. Yeah, I mean, it sucks where it's at on the schedule. I mean, I think all the playoff guys, right? Like, it's a huge – I wouldn't say it's a gimmick, but, like, it's just – it's very – like, the best guy doesn't win. Like, you can yeah. go there and you can try to race from lap one and try to lead every lap, and you can finish 37th. Yeah. Or you can literally ride a half track behind all day long Never even try to race. Like, just go out there, ride around. Don't get by anybody. And you're probably going to finish in the top 10 at the end of the day. And that's the part that I don't like is, is that if you try to race, it can make it can take you out of a championship. 
where if you just go there and ride around, it could still take you out of a championship, but you're probably going to finish good. And that's the hard part. Like for us, like we just got out of a meeting for like an hour talking about what's the strategy because for us, we're four points out. So we need some points. Yeah. So we could leave Aldega 15, 20 points up, or we could leave 20, 30 points back. And it's, do you go try to race and crash? Do you try to race and hope you missed crash? Do you ride around in the back and crash? Do you ride around in the back and miss it all and then finish good? There's just so many variables that are out of your control when you go there. That's kind of frustrating from a driver's standpoint. Yeah, that's got to be tough. I mean, as a driver, I feel like there. when people look at our sport, I feel like they don't see how many things are affecting what can affect us. You know what I mean? Yeah. They see, well, if, if he didn't win because he didn't drive it right or something like that. And it's like, well, actually, no, there could be a lot of different things that affect yeah. that. And that's what makes it tough. And I think for you guys, more than any other racing series really in the world, there is a lot of a gamble. Like it's, 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 it's a tough situation to go into when you're trying to be the most competitive guy that you can be the smartest guy that you can be and something else happens out of your control. So I, I, I definitely feel for you on that, but I'm excited to watch and honestly excited to share the track with you here soon. Chase last time we did it, it was in a very dirty place and uh, there was, and I was doing six front flips and um, we actually probably never raced together because I wasn't good enough. If you flip at the Roval, you've really done something. So I'm going to hope and pray. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to avoid that. But I appreciate the advice, honestly. I'm going to be out there um, early Friday before the race weekend to get myself, maybe walk the track, do a little recon. I'd be uh, the not- first NASCAR guy to ever do a track walk. <laughs> I cannot wait to get out there with my notepad. I'm going to do some, I'm going to do a track walk. So consider me first cup guy to do a track walk. So I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. The only only thing I can say is for advice, don't suck. It's easy as all that. All right. Yeah, don't suck. Well, Chase Briscoe, everyone, greatest advice of all time. Incredible interview there with Chase. A great friend of mine, now friend of the show. Um, I mean, true honesty about what I, you know, what I'm about to expect. I mean, was did that surprise you at all, Ben? I mean, that, Not I mean, at that all. was an honest opinion. He's a genuine dude. Yeah. He is yeah. a genuine dude. I, I like Chase a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great episode. I really, really have enjoyed talking to Chase. Uh, I hope we actually have him on again. I, I would like to talk to him in the off season as well. Um, but, right, to finish the show, obviously we have a great segment. We have a segment that I think is truly unique. Um, and uh, we're going to go with the uh, Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. We're going with the 1988 Indianapolis 500. 1988 Indianapolis 500 is a is a is a race that my father was in. He did not do well. Uh, my father finished 29th, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna go with a driver who I don't think was on our list, and it's an interesting name. And Ben, you can double check this because I don't know but ludwig heimrath the the second no definitely not (laughs) no ludwig ludwig heimrath jr excuse me okay um so let me let me try to figure out how to spell the name yeah definitely clears the list i think you're good (laughs) uh ludwig heimrath uh jr uh jr yes okay there it is we got him on, on the oh he's got a cool car he drove the mckenzie uh, wagon um so canadian fella um 
This is the 1988 race. Um, so Ludwig Heimrath Jr., uh, born in Scarborough, Ontario, Canadian racing driver, started driving in go-karts, Formula Fords, won the Ontario Formula Ford Championship. Guess what? I finished second in the Ontario Formula Ford Championship because I missed a race, but I did win a lot of races in the Ontario Formula Ford Championship. Rookie of the year, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did that the same year that I was doing the Skip Barber National Championship. I was doing the Canadian Formula Ford Championship, Ontario Formula Ford Championship. So very interesting. It's actually something that people kind of forget about my career because I won the Skip Barber National Championship, but uh, did not win the Canadian Formula Ford Championship because I missed a race. But Ludwig was named Rookie of the Year, winning a race, two pole positions. Also drove in Le Mans. Um, so that's really cool. I, I, I've, I know this name for sure. I've, I've definitely known it in the past, um, but definitely thought that, hey, it's an interesting name. It's a name that I have not heard in a while. So you know what? Great Canadian racing driver, Ludwig Heimrath Jr. Um, so that's our random Indy 500 driver of the week. I think we had a great show today. Very, very excited about it. Uh, and very, very excited to go NASCAR Cup racing. So I think we will have another episode probably before that. But uh, yeah, we're going Cup racing. So we'll see you next time uh, on Speed Street. Thank you for listening. Please follow our social channels. Uh, please tweet at Joey Molinero and tell him that you're proud of him for being a great dad. And uh, we got great merch now as well. So get some T-shirts, follow the social channels, support your friends, and uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.